Is my thinking stinking? Well, last week it sure was. You got a smile on your face now, so that tells me it's not now, <laughs> which is a really good thing. Good thing. Because when it's stinking, his face does not have a smile in the eyes or across the cheeks or the dimples. That's all gone. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. So welcome to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we're excited because we get together to share techniques, thoughts, tools that we all deserve. We all need you, I, everyone to turn our house into home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible. Well, here's what we're going to learn this time. That you can't suck and blow at the same time. (laughs) Well, you're thinking... Right? Yeah, that's Your what I'm saying. thinking is either going to be life-sucking right, or life-giving. Exactly. So you can't suck and blow at the same time Okay, is my short version of it. So we're going to learn how we can shift our thinking. I mean, we could talk about vitality and we will talk about fuel as well. But in this little segment, we're going to talk about the actual thinking that we do and how we can um, shift it from stinking or sucking to something that's life-giving and Mm life-thriving. And the reason we're talking about this is there's three keys to vitality. And this is the first key, is thinking. Right. So in the next sections, we will talk about the other two. Absolutely. Won't that be fun? Oh, a blast. (laughs) All smiles. Yeah. Thinking is often, I think, given... Either way too much emphasis or not enough emphasis, depending on who you are. Yeah, sometimes we get in our head and it affects our performance or our ability to connect because we get we get uh, that reel going around, you know, am I good enough? Am I practiced enough? Am I... Am I connecting enough? Right. Even in recording Life's Inside Track, we've been doing this for like 12 years now. And we have recorded, I don't know how many 30-minute segments. And if we say they're 10-minute segments, which is what they are on YouTube, I, I don't even know the number. We should probably do the math to see how many we've actually done. Plus, we've done raw and reels. We did over a 1,000 of those. Plus, we've done all kinds of Facebook Lives. And so, I don't know. We're talking thousands and thousands of videos. And even having said that... Sometimes I get in my head and my thinking doesn't serve you, the listener, because I'm thinking I got nothing to tell you. And I'm sure some days you think that too. But most of the time, I actually have something that I believe we all need to hear. We all really do deserve to hear. And yet my thinking can get in the way of getting out the best of what I have to offer. Mm -hmm. And maybe that happens for you too. So what we want to look at is how can we shift our thinking when it's moving in the wrong direction? Or how can we keep it moving in the right direction? Because maybe it's possible to keep it moving and seldom get derailed. Mm -hmm. So I know, like you talked about last week, last week, my thinking was thinking. I don't know. I just felt down. I didn't 
I didn't feel energetic. I didn't feel like I could conquer the world, so to speak. Um, just a little discouraged. And it was all in my thinking. And I noticed it because there's this lovely thing called your multiple perspective advantage, which God gave us to have multiple sections of our brain. And you can think with both sections at the same time. So you can actually see yourself thinking poorly about yourself or about the results you're about to create in the world or anything of that nature. So look at what you're thinking. Think about what you're thinking. How's that? That's exactly right. So think about what you're thinking. So what are ways you can do it? Well, when I'm thinking well, one of the things I love to do, because it's not all the time I'm thinking well, is write down my great thoughts. Write down what I would maybe call my power thoughts or my life-giving thoughts rather than the life-sucking ones. And if I can write those down when I'm in a good state of mind, the great news is even when my thinking isn't working very well, I can read those notes. I mean, if you look at our house, I've always had an aversion to post-it notes. But when I first started doing this practice quite a few years ago now, I went out and bought I should have got stocks in 3M. I bought 11 by 11 bright yellow post-it notes and I wrote the power thoughts all over them and posted them in any room, in all my rooms, so that when I walked into it, when it wasn't working, I could see that thought and then I trained myself to say the helpful thought. Yeah, so that's great for when your thinking is not the best. You have these reminders. Yeah. But what's interesting is when your thinking is good – and it's life-giving, the act of writing out the good thoughts you're having is actually, it's like when you're, when there's nobody in front of you on the highway and you're pressing down the accelerator, you've got momentum, you've got good thinking, you're accelerating your good thinking by doing that handwriting because handwritten attaches it to the brain. It's different in a different than typing. way, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's it's a double fold thing, right? So that's really right. Cool. So it move, it's so what you're trying to say is it's well, maybe you're not trying to say it, but what you're saying is when you're thinking well, if you write it down, it serves you in the moment to gain even more momentum, more propulsion forward. You may take make better choices, make better decisions because you've got added momentum. Absolutely, and then it can serve you for when you're not maybe right. doing as well. So you might be asking, well, what do I do when I'm stuck in a bad thinking? So what I've been doing is I write gratitude. I write every day things I'm grateful for. What else could they do? Call a friend. There's always the call a friend. You know, every game show. If well, it's, not every game well, show. Well, many but... <laughs> game shows have an opportunity that you can get some help from outside, outside of yourself. So mm -hmm. not that you want to rely on that as a mainstay and yet every so often knowing that you've got somebody that will call the best of you out of you even when you're mm. not feeling or thinking your best is super amazing yeah and for me reading an inspirational book is very helpful yeah and even watching a ted talk you know like ted talks you can pick by subject or whatever, and you can find ones that are amazing and inspiring and encouraging. And for me, sometimes all I have to do is start jumping up and down. It's amazing how <laughs> just doing some jumping jacks changes my mental 
state yeah. and my thinking because I'm getting out of my head and into my body. And we're yeah. going to talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. But right now, the thought is our thinking is attached to our physicality as well. So yeah. by shifting our physicality or shifting my physicality, I sh can shift my thinking. Yes. Like, what do you do? Well, I would love for you to share your ideas. This is not meant to be a monologue. This is meant to be a dialogue where you share your ideas with us, and then we can share them even broader. So in the mm -hmm. comments section on our Facebook page, on our Instagram page, on our YouTube videos that have these episodes, share what you do to shift your thinking. Yeah. Prayer always works for me too. Yep. And if I'm stuck on a particular incident that's happened in the past, yeah. forgiving myself or forgiving that person makes a whole world of difference to stop running that reel, you know? Um, we talked about going for a walk the other day and we, neither one of us did say it. The next morning we said, oh, we should have gone for a walk. We both thought it. Neither one of us said it and we're stuck in that kind of bad thinking. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, once uh, Willie Nelson, you know, you could always quote Willie Nelson. He says, once you replace negative thoughts with positive ones, you'll start having positive mm -hmm. results. We're grateful for being your partners on this journey towards wealth, wisdom, and worth. You got to move it, move it. Move it, move it. Move what? <laughs> <laughs> Your body, of course, is the second key to vitality. So we're excited that we've created for you free access to over 503 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share insider tips, how to make the most out of your home, and even really how to just do good with your money. And the great news is you get access to them from home, from the office, or on the go. So what we're going to discover in this episode is your identity often determines the body habits that you're willing to take on. Mm. That's interesting. Right? Because if I believe, and this was my belief for many years, I was a terrible swimmer. Well, yeah. everybody told me that was my identity, and it all started when I was 12 years old, and yes, we're going to go there, oh. and I took swim class with the five-year-olds, and they passed, and I didn't, so I determined I couldn't swim, and I didn't ever need to swim again, so I started the identity. Then when we had the kids, we decided they were going to swim, and they'd become lifeguards, so they were great swimmers, so we just perpetuated the idea that I was a lousy swimmer, and I couldn't swim, and I was going to sink, and I was going to die, and all that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Right, and then I had an experience probably eight or nine years ago now where I was in a resort, actually, or at a retreat, and I thought, that's a bunch of nonsense because every time I'm out in the water, I've never drowned. I've never almost drowned. I always managed to swim. So when it was dark and I, there were people within earshot, but no people with me. So if I did drown, they were going to save me. And I jumped you into hope. the deep end. Oh, they would have. It was my niece. She loves me. And so I jumped into the deep end out of really fear and trepidation. Great news is I swam and I started doing lengths in that pool. And I started to change and understand that I was a swimmer, maybe not the strongest swimmer ever known, but I was a swimmer. And then some time passed and I had several opportunities to swim and jump in pools. And I just started building a new confidence. 
Mm-hmm. Like have you ever found yourself that until you do the thing, you can tell yourself a story that isn't actually even true anymore. But once you start doing it, there's too much evidence to stay stuck in the old identity. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's happened for you as well. Yeah, you try on something and you try it on more and more times. It's kind of like my bright shirts. The first time I put one on, I go, oh, that's not me. And people now say, oh, you can carry that shirt really well. Well, I'm the same person. I'm just used to wearing them now. Right. And the first one you bought was in one of the islands. We were on a cruise and he saw this beautiful, it was actually, I think, St. Thomas. St. Thomas. Love, love, love the shirt. And there's something about when you're on holiday, you're a little more relaxed and it gave you the courage to try it on. Whereas had we been in Canada or even in the States or elsewhere, you wouldn't have done it. tried on that paisley shirt. You wouldn't have. It was purple paisley or mauve paisley, Mm -hmm. right? Purpley mauve. And it looked amazing. And now that one would be very tame compared to what you would like to wear, right? Yeah. Pretty much all the time. So my identity changed. And you can do the same thing with your body and movement. Like, for instance, if you always say, oh, I'm tired, I'm lethargic, I sit on the couch because I got no energy... Is that really true? Like, for instance, if there was a fire and your kids were on the other side of the house, would you run over there to get them out? You know, provided the fire's not between you and whatever. But could you get up and run over and get the kids out of bed and drag them outside? Would you have the energy for that? I would think so. Oh, I think so. Right. So suddenly you do have energy. Exactly. So as you continue to shift your experience with yourself, your identity can start to shift and therefore you become now, if you see yourself as athletic, you do athletic things. Yeah. And the habit of doing athletic things creates that level of energy. Like I play soccer, I play hockey, I have a trainer, you have a trainer. And those habitual times and set times cause us (laughs) to trick ourselves into being energetically do I want to get out of bed or I'm actually usually already out of bed, but do I want to go out in the cold or the heat at 6 a.m. to drive half an hour to a hockey rink to put on all this stinky gear and get out on the ice? And it does stink. Yeah, it does because I sweat when I play hockey. And yet once I'm on the ice, I got tons of energy. I'm enjoying it. It's fun. It's part of my vitality. I look forward to it during the week. I'm counting the days. Oh, how many days left till I can play hockey again? It's mm-hmm. just a total mindset change. And the physicality of it improves my energy mentally. So it all works together, right? Comes in. One of the things I've loved about the concept of getting a new identity when it comes to physical is it rubs off on other people, right? Tell like when, more. well, when more. I was in Aruba by myself for a few weeks, I decided if I can swim in a pool, this was a few years after the, I was starting to become a swimmer. So I started swimming in the ocean. First time out, I did 25 strokes out, 25 strokes back. I was scared. I hadn't swam in open water before, certainly not by myself. There were people on the beach, but so I started to shift my perspective of myself. And then I, by the end of that day, I'd managed to do a hundred out and a hundred back. I was starting to get some rhythm and some groove. So I just kept going in the water, building my courage, building my confidence and building my ability. 
And as I was coming in, and this was still day one, another woman sitting on the shore, like in about six inches of water, looked at me and she said, that's so neat. You're a swimmer. I wish I was a swimmer. (laughs) And, And that reinforced my identity in what I was doing. And I was able to help her navigate becoming a swimmer. Because she was petrified. But she eventually was doing 25 strokes out and 25 strokes in. For her, we started at five strokes out, five strokes in. Right? So just by being physical yourself in the midst of others and being open to engage with them, it shifted everything for her. We still stay in touch. Mm. It's just kind of cool that I wasn't set out to have my habit of becoming a swimmer shift anybody else's. And yet, it happens. So there's right. a ripple effect. It's pretty right. cool. We're talking about swimming because it's the whole ripple thing, right? <laughs> ripple ripple in the water. Yes, so there is cool. a ripple effect to your habits impacting it. So it's part of being a generational legacy person. Mm. Somebody that left a legacy on our bodies was Mo Anderson. Mo Anderson was a school teacher. And then she became the CEO of Keller Williams Realty International. And she was telling a story about one day she was going to school and she really didn't feel like doing it. And then once the kids arrived and she started to do it, by the end of the day, she was energized. She loved doing it. And then she realized that if you act enthusiastic, you'll become enthusiastic. So now Yetta and I will do this thing where Mo Anderson taught us that we'll drive our hand down their left hand. Everybody try it. If you're listening, it's hard for you to visualize, but go my to left hand's going down and I'm going, if, if you, you act enthusiastic, you'll be enthusiastic. If you act enthusiastic, you'll be enthusiastic. And as we keep doing that, maybe five, six, seven yeah. times, our energy level goes through the roof. Impossible not to shift. Just by moving your body, everything shifts. So what we'd like you to do is reflect what habits get you moving and what of your habits get you stuck. And thanks for the privilege of growing alongside with you because we're passionate about helping ourselves and others be positioned for generational legacy. Fill her up with high tests, please. You're not at the gas station. Well, actually, I am. I'm in the kitchen, and I want to fill up my body with high test. Perfect. So we're excited that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, not only selling, buying, and investing in real estate over 3,117 times, but and rather, we've also been able to come alongside you to build your fun, build your finances, build your faith, and even flourish, strengthen, and heal in relationship. And so we're excited that for over 30 years, we've been able to build your life, your wealth, and your home. So this episode, we're going to explore Mm -hmm. that neutral is an illusion. Absolutely. Right? Because it's the third key in vitality. It's terms of habits. Which part rhymes? I did it on purpose. It's the third key in vitality. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I didn't catch that at all. So the third key in vitality is how do we fuel our bodies? Like we've talked about thinking, we've talked about movement, and now we're talking about fuel. Fuel, yeah. Fuel. When you think about food as fuel, 
You know, there was a saying I read once that said, do you live to eat or eat to live? That's a profound statement. Yeah, and yet a lot of us are foodies. And so we've even spent lots of time being food. Well, I'm not a foodie. Ken's a foodie and we have friends that are foodies. And yet even being a foodie, you can eat food that actually fuels your body. Yeah, and nourishes it. Right, and serves it rather than derails it. So what are some examples of things? I mean, we all know we should eat more vegetables and less, not a lot of heavy protein, not a lot of empty carbs. Like there are intrinsic things, a ton of refined sugar, refined flours, refined refined white stuff. The only thing that should be refined is our character. Oh, aren't you cute? That goes back to the thinking piece, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, okay. yeah. So we know that takes the good stuff out of food. Yeah. Yep. The other thing I say is, if it if it will go bad, it's good for you. If it never goes bad for bad, it's bad for you. Right. Which is true. And you probably know all these things already. So how can you? How can I actually just make better choices in the moment? I think that's really because mm. we haven't shared one thing yet that not everybody already knows. Well, it was funny. I was, uh, I'll, I'll throw myself under the table on this one. Uh, the other day we were celebrating somebody's birthday and I'd eaten, we had some chicken and salad and a little bit of macaroni salad. I only had a couple because it's, it's an empty carb. And then there was a lot of Caesar salad left. So I took a lot of Caesar salad, put it on my plate and had another big portion of salad and people go, Whoa, that's a lot. And I go, yeah. I'm making up for eating the cake I'm going to eat. And they said, it doesn't work that way. And I go, well, actually, I think it does. Because if I eat more vegetables, good things that are good for me, then when I do have that thing that's not good for me, that my body only tolerates. It doesn't, it doesn't nourish my body. My body tolerates it. It doesn't fuel it. Then I think I'm putting more good in. Now, I know it's it's one of those things like – you know, if, if, if water is good, it's bad for your engine and clean fuel is good and you just put a little water in, it's probably your engine still going to run bad. We're is talking about a car right now. Yeah, well, yeah I'm talking about when it my comes body. To your body. If I put the sugar in, I'm not going to run as well. And as a matter of fact, I felt a little lethargic in the afternoon because of the cake. Well, there's I, confessions. Yes. Yeah. And so, to me, that's myself under the table. I know that was good. So that's (laughs) because it's not anything new that we don't know. And yet, what I had trained myself to do was not pay attention to the shift in my body. So we have a tendency to decide what we want and get what we want and do what we want to do, and then ignore the evidence that is piling up in in our being. Like, have you ever found yourself, like, you actually know what's good, what's bad, what's ugly, what's beautiful, what's lovely, and you don't necessarily choose the things that add premium fuel to you because you can ignore the evidence. Mm. And so how can you, how can I, how can Ken tune into the evidence that's mounting? Like that helps us establish a habit that actually serves us. Absolutely. And I think also there's this habit of what does my plate look like? Like you could look at your dinner plate and say, okay, is it mostly, is it like two thirds, three quarters vegetables and salad and things and a little bit of protein and maybe a little bit of carbohydrates? 
And when I say carbohydrates, starches, like your potato or rice or something, or do I just, for quite a while, I just got rid of the carbohydrates altogether. I didn't really need them, didn't notice they were gone. Um, what's my plate look like? What's the habit of my plate looking like? The other habit is many times you made a beautiful meal, beautiful spread, big salad, and I ate the filling foods first, like the meat and the potatoes and things. And then I didn't have room for the salad. So recognizing that, I create the habit of eating my salad and vegetables first, eating a lot of them. Then I'll eat a lot less of the other things. Right. So what habits do you want to bring into your life around fuel? And we would love for you to share them with us because we don't got, we have not cornered the market on doing this thing called great vitality habits any more than the next person. So we can all do so much better when we learn from each other. So you can send us an email, you can text us, because most of you have my number if you know me at all, or you can just give us a call at the office. And if you're thinking, well, you just need a jump start. Sometimes all we need is a jump start. And maybe life's inside track is all the jump start you need. Or maybe you're thinking, I could use a little bit more. Yeah, then what you want to do is jump onto our website, doubledecker.life, and look at the 31 Life Step Journey. It's going to give you 31 steps to really boost your life into life exponential, and your vitality is one of the areas of having a life exponential. And I just think you might thank us after doing that 31 life step journey. Yeah. And there's a great little Facebook community that we can communicate and we rally along each other. Because when you do it alone, I think that's one thing I want to make sure we don't forget is that whether we're talking about our thinking or whether we're talking about moving our body or whether we're talking about what we're putting in our mouth or what how we're praying, how we're living life in general, when we do it in community somehow, we do better. Well, we need, do better together. I need accountability. I need someone to say, hey, how are you doing with that? That's why I hire a trainer. That's why I have friends that are fit, right? Now, another friend of ours, remember what he said? He said, I know I'm heavy, but if I get fatter friends, then I feel thin. <laughs> he did say it. He said it just like that. And he's a big man. So he can say it. I would never say that to him. But, but we he are now his thin friends who yes. are going to make him feel fat. And maybe he'll start changing some of his choices. Well, he actually has, right? That's how come he told us that story. He was yeah. just being rather fun. Yeah. What about moderation? You get that saying, well, what about everything in moderation? Well, what I would say is poison is still poison. So mm. if I eat a little bit of something that doesn't serve me, it still harms me. Right. I may have enough um, ability to ward it off, but it still has an impact. Mm. Oscar Wilde has a quote, and it's about moderation, but it's about moderation of good things, I think is what he's saying, because he says moderation is fatal. It's a fatal thing. Nothing succeeds like excess. And we're grateful that you've joined us on this journey of wealth, wisdom, and worth. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.